Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique, and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Hey, Em. Hello. Oh my god, it feels like I don't know how to start this because it's been a long time. It has been a very long time. I feel like we haven't... Have we recorded an episode since Nashville? No. Since before Nashville? Nope. Not since before Nashville. Wow. No. Nope. So it's been a while. Yeah, we missed you guys. Hi, everybody. Sup? I'm um, waiting for them to reply. But, me too. Um, I was hoping they would and add... In spirit, they all... I was hoping they'd add more, like... When like, this airs, I'm gonna, like... My ears are gonna be ringing, like, oh, what's going on? There'll be hundreds of people... Going, like, hello. Fresh. <laughs> and they'll still be going, fuck you, M, for the last episode. Oh, that went poorly. Um, I take no credit for this. Can you... Okay. So many of you wrote in about, I'm not even going to say the name, but the doll in the last episode. And the doll that should not. Some people projectile vomited listening to my show. (laughs) Some people got nosebleeds. Some people had to pull the car over and vomit. Some people said that they felt like they were having a heart attack. I warned you. Someone had to go to urgent care. Don't don't keep crying to me saying that I did this. You guys listened. I told you not to. And well, then, then my... they blame me because I brought it up before your story. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know. And uh, apparently my boss, Renee, uh, intentionally did not listen to the episode after my warning. She was like, eh, I'm good. <laughs> She's like, I'm out of vacation days. I don't need this. <laughs> so um, I apologize to everyone who sacrificed a little bit of themselves that day. A little bit of their well-being. But um. Yeah, at least, you know, at least my stories are, you know, of invoke some evoke something in evoke you. some like illness in people. Also, some people had <laughs> sleep paralysis. I was like, yeah, me too. Else, I, yeah, we know you did, but you got to talk about it on air. They just got to experience it and then tweet about it angrily. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I will say in a weird way, which I just told Christine and Eva, is that I felt very, very warm in like that reaction that I got, at least I know a lot of people are listening to the show, so I, I did kind of feel I mean, not happy anymore. They it. all deleted it after that. That's true. They probably <laughs> aren't ever going to be a part of this again. Yeah, that was crazy, though. Within, like, minutes of us posting the episode, tweets started coming in. We were like, oh, people oh, feeling sick. Oh. And 
So anyway, hopefully at least a few people that were skeptics are now, you know, Team Ghost. Team, um, team Ghost. And sorry, we're sorry. We're sorry. Um, I wanted to address it before we got another slew of emails and poor Eva had to be like, everyone's sick. <laughs> <laughs> We've killed the mass population. Um, yeah, that being said, we were in Nashville, which is why we released a live episode last week. And Nashville was great. It was fun. Was short lived, yeah. but we had a good time. Ate some barbecue, some hot chicken. Ate some so, hot chicken. It was a good time on my end. We met a lot of you guys, which was really fun. Eva and Christine had strawberry moonshine twice. Correct. We went back to the bar for more. I didn't have any. I just watched them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you just took boomerangs of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, no, I had a great time. It was fun. It was like really fast. Yeah, we hope to hope to be back, but currently nothing on and that. Now that we have more tour dates planned in the future that I guess we haven't fully announced yet, so stay tuned. And I know, by the way, that I said, oh, this Monday. Turns out I was wrong, and they're releasing the dates. The venue I was talking about is releasing them, like, incrementally. So mm. I apologize that I kind of, like, teased it. Jumped the gun. Yeah. So those are coming. As soon as we can tell you, we will. Don't, yes. It's not, like, we... It's not a fun game for us no, to No, we don't like you. it at all. We're harassing Andrew every day. Like, when do they... When do we get to announce it? And there are... I'm just going to say a lot of cities coming up can i say that you can say a lot of cities yeah there's like quite a few cities coming up that people have been asking for one that everyone needs to know about is the hollywood improv september 23rd that's true that's the next show that needs to you guys need to buy some fill, tickets fill that shit up man yes please 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 and come by see the way, us that's in a month and our last hollywood shows have been so fucking fun yes that i feel like it's kind of becoming our home venue yeah it's gonna be a blast so if you guys can show the venue love a little more that way yeah like as much as you have but just just show up it would be really awkward if we went on a stage and like no one was there like your first two shows were fine what happened this time it's like oh they ran out (sighs) uh and made them all sick with peggy the doll oops whoops also um real quick uh next sunday next Mm. sunday when Mm -hmm. after this records when if you're listening to this the following sunday Oh, we yeah. have our Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Patron, um, Patreon Facebook Live. Yes, Patreon. Because we always say that, and then we're like, and then a oh, lot of you people... can't join. <laughs> and by like... both of us, Christine means just me when I... Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Well, it's okay. Okay, so 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Facebook Live for Patreon. Please come ready with questions and yeah. fun things to talk about. We'll probably be in Christine's pool again. No, that went nope. poorly. I flashed everyone last time. Oh, yeah, okay. Now everyone's going to be like... Everyone's... I was gonna say I was gonna say I'll join. Then I was like, no, they're all gonna be like, please don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to be a part of this. Um, okay, so then we won't be in a pool. We'll just be sitting in a hot house. Yes, a hot house. A hot house. I got a fan for us. Also, do you have news? Yes. You want to tell them? Uh, I'm sweating a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the news. Oh, yeah, surprise. <laughs> Except not surprised at all. I mean, I guess if you're on my Instagram, which not all of you are, but if you are, you saw what happened, and everyone's like, what's going on? But are we announcing yours too yes i guess you said it on twitter yes. okay so em and i just so you go um <laughs> so on my twitter and on probably also on my instagram by the time this comes out but if you follow us on social media at all then you have seen that in the last week christine and i have both um left our day jobs <laughs> and that was something that we have been anticipating would happen eventually we just didn't know when that was going to happen but you know andrew has been doing a great job finding places that want us to perform and it just it led to a lot of them are far far away and a lot of them travel (laughs) yes so due to scheduling conflicts we decided it is best for the show that we 
take this on full time. So you guys, we're doing this like as a real job. We are actual podcast producers. We're talking about the hug emoji that we don't know (laughs) if it's a hug or a excited wave and Eva's doing it. So actually, I didn't know that Christine was also going to be leaving her job. Oh, guess what? I didn't either. <laughs> I, I texted Christine and said, hey, I quit my job. And then she said, oh, hey, my last day is Thursday. I, <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh. I, it was such a frantic, like, because on Monday, I, long story, we, it's been a long, whatever, stressful week. And I, it doesn't matter. But on Tuesday, I went into work and I was like, I need to talk to my boss about this now. And then after we talked, I was like, Thursday's my last day. And I was like, I didn't even tell Em and Eve about this. My, nope, I didn't tell anybody. I just like, I told Blaze afterward. He was like, what happened? We were talking an hour ago. But I just was like, I need to talk to my boss about this because the podcast has gotten to the point where it like deserves, Mm -hmm. something deserves my full attention. I didn't feel like I was giving either one my full attention. Mm -hmm. And the Nickelodeon job, it was like a year long program was meant to end in like two months anyway. And as much as it was like, oh, it's only two months left. Like I just knew I needed to cut the cord cut the cord and like focus on the podcast so that's why i left very abruptly and i felt like i like stepped right on your toes because you were like oh i just talked to my boss and i was like yeah me too and you're like wait what i was like this was my day (laughs) i was like i'm here to tell you some news and you're like i have news too (laughs) you're not that special and i was like oh okay oh yeah but it was it was just very weird timing that like both of us quit because within the same 24 hours i felt like such an ass but i like forgot because i was so focused on like yeah so anyway point being we it was a tough decision for both of us we talked about this and we were like we were both in our dream jobs yeah no like truly i stands or butts about it i came to la to work in in props and to work in Mm -hmm. the art department and i'm i literally have been working for the last two and a half years in the most famous prop house like notoriously making marvel props the world's biggest most known prop house like i like hit the jackpot yeah and it's like oh shit now i have to like right like not oh not oh shit in like the worst way because also something great's coming it's out it's a bittersweet thing yeah it's like i never saw myself leaving this job same but yeah. now i am <laughs> i know and i like applied to the nick program for years and i finally got in and i was like my dream is to write kids tv this is like the one place in the world i could just be forever and i'm like i'm the dream, early the dream is when we combine all of our goals and then you write a children's show that gets props from iss and it's about ghosts and geo's <laughs> starring in it and geo starring. okay in it. great got it okay that's the next big thing. you guys ready ready it's coming out that's 20 2020 2024 i'm also pushing christine on a reboot of wishbone starring geo so let's all get that going where I like think, he travels yeah. to different haunted castles yes that was was that Eva's idea? Or was that your idea? That one was my idea. That one was Eva's got quite a genius Sorry. one. I didn't. I just want to well. make sure. I didn't remember <laughs> whose was whose. No, you're good. The wishbone one. Yeah, that was brilliant because there. I can't believe there has not been a wishbone reboot. Yes. Anyway, sorry. So, guys, that's why we drink this week. At least that's why I drink. Yeah. We went off on quite a tangent, but it was worth the discussion. I think. I, we just need to tell you guys that we're doing this for us, but also for you. And we want to make sure that we put 100% of ourselves into the podcast. We have a lot of really cool stuff coming up that we want to be like full on ready for, have 100% of our energy, especially when it comes to traveling and all that good stuff. So. Yeah. I've noticed a trend where every time I travel, I get sick and then I have to mm. go to my day job. So mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. at least I won't be getting sick anymore. Maybe fingers crossed. Yeah. So. Oh, God. Um. Anyway. So here we are. We're back on the ghost track. <clears throat> back, back on track. <laughs> yes. You know, that track. Um, except we're not talking about ghosts this time around. What? Except a little bit. We're talking about it a little bit at the end. This is a, a, a what would you say? A mystery. Uh, wait, wait, you sound like my dad. He does that. Whoa, 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 wh
Sorry, I'm projecting. That's just my mom. So anyway. Um, okay. My dad doesn't listen this far in anyway. Oh, my dad doesn't know what a podcast is still. So It's on the cloud. Yeah, it's somewhere. Mr. Schultz. He literally recently said, how come I don't ever get invited to the live shows? And I was like, do you, have you listened to a single episode like where we talk about them all the time? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, well, you've got about almost a hundred free available <laughs> ones right now that you could listen to and like prove that you should come to the live show Got plenty of time and he's like up. well i i will and i was like okay well See, um, maybe it's a dad noise <laughs> yeah dads are really good at making that sound as Love am it. i so i don't know if that's you know it's a good thing. telling the future or... funkle him i'm gonna be a such a cool funkle on for board. the rest of my life on board oh anyway back to this mystery okay i love a good mystery talk about wishbone man oh let's go by now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink you know when you've got the holidays the new year and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind especially if you run a small business it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things but stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies for 25 years now stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses whether they're mailing out checks invoices legal documents books podcast branded koozies maybe that's just us or anything else get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink oh i just i'm sorry i was thinking about geo <laughs> we know what you were thinking about okay. this is not a surprise Woo, here here we go all right okay. so this is from um scotland oh scotland it's a place that I would love to visit one day. I would day. also love to visit Scotland. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge to you guys that Andrew? I want to go there. Andrew. Andrew, are you listening? Send us to Scotland. Um, 
Uh, no, before we get a bunch of emails, we do not have plans to go to Scotland. <laughs> I wish. Just trying to save Eva's uh, email retention there. Okay. Um, yes, this, and I know I'm probably going to butcher it. Scotland has a wild array of sounds that get put into names and words. I mean, so, apparently I can't say Glasgow correctly, so. We never will. You'll be fine. Here's Flannan Isles Lighthouse. Maybe no. they say Flannan. Flannan? A Flannan. Well, oh. <laughs> Even oh. <laughs> <Eva>, don't. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It's okay for people who just want to know. F L A N N A N. Flannan. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, in the most American accent possible, it's Flannan. Sure. The Flannan Isles Lighthouse. I need you to Do sound. I... <gasps> there it is. Okay. So people are always like Christine Gas, and I'm like, it's because M stares at me until I make a reaction. <laughs> I'm like, can you just? Can you just acknowledge me? Oh, yeah. Like, I don't already. Um, okay. Here we go. Is everyone ready for a good mystery? Hold on. I'm pretending we're at a live show where everyone's like, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to do that for you. Instead, she's going to pour a wine. Okay. Flannan Isles Lighthouse. Okay, 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 okay. Scotland, as I said. The Flannan Isles are seven rocky islands all next to each other. Um, they are also sometimes known as the Seven Hunters. Mm. Um the the aisles each one is an individual hunter sure um and the biggest one is known as whoo, i'm gonna mess this up e elin moore eileen moore oh my god um can you google it probably it's either aileen eileen aileen aileen moore aileen moore so it looks like to me well apparently it's translated to big aisle so that's what we're gonna call it big aisle i can say that it sounds like a walmart <laughs> a big aisle and it's called big aisle because it's the biggest of the seven got it um 20 miles away is the next island the the next island closest to it called the isle of lewis okay um which appears later in the story um and the first and most populous period of this island um was when saint flannan himself and his followers of the celtic church lived there on the seven islands and after the decline of the celtic church they left and the island got a reputation as being very unlucky and being haunted by spirits, giant birds, and little men. Uh, little men, not what? not little people. Like apparently, like um, like men who are small. I don't know what that means. Like um, what's the story? Gulliver's what Travels? Gulliver's Travels? Mm-hmm. Like the yes. little guys. Yeah, that tied him down. Okay. Yeah, but big birds. You know, I don't like a, a big big bird. birds. Little men. You know, so, I don't like a bird. And spirits also. Oh right, um, those two. So it was seen, the, all of Flannan Isles was seen as a mystical land with a very dark aura surrounding it that anyone passing the island by ship could sense. They could just, they knew that something really dark was there. Those who worked on the island, so basically fishermen and shepherds, yeah, uh, they called it the other country. Ooh. And they believed that the island had spirits, fairies, elves, and giant birds, which supposedly represented St. Flannan's flock. Oh, the birds did? Yeah, apparently okay. people saw these massive, massive black birds, and then they just kind of decided, oh, that's like the ghosts of St. Flannan's churchgoers. Okay, okay. Um, so, like I said, sheepherders and fishermen were mainly the people who went to the island, and to protect themselves from these magical creatures, they had special rituals that they did in special dialects to keep themselves safe while they were on the island, because they believed that these things would 
attach themselves to them. Can I say one thing? I'm really sorry, but I can't get it out of my head. So you said shepherds, right? Uh-huh. And then later you said sheep herders. And then it just clicked in my head that shepherd is like a sheep herder. Like it's combined. It, it just never. It just happened in your head now? Did yeah. I, oh, that's like I watched history happen. You know what I recently realized? What? And by recently, I mean yesterday. That I have my dad's eyes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I mean, since we're realizing things. Oh, that's nice. Well, or is it nice? Well, n- I don't know. I <laughs> I always thought that I had my grandma's eyes. Because yeah. at first glance, I have my grandma's eyes. That are not also my maternal grandma, not my father's. Yeah. And then I, like, made some expression, and I was like, that looks like my dad. And then I, like, intentionally made more expressions that I thought looked oh. like my dad, and I was like, oh my god, I have my dad's eyes. I'm my dad. It's because I don't have his eye color or anything, so oh. I, it fools everyone. But I, I actually have, like, his eyelids and, like, my the eyes. surrounding. The mannerisms of my eyes are the same. Interesting. Yes. Well, I just learned that Shepard was Shep- sheep herder. All, Eva, did you learn anything today? I'm still thinking about how I'm too Christian not to have known that, like, I... <laughs> I just can't believe I just can't believe I didn't know that. I mean, I literally grew up in Catholic school where like we were considered the sheep of the flock. Yeah. And I just never sheep herd, shepherd, And shepherd. my last name means shepherd. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm not kidding, you guys. This is not good for me. This is a really bad thing for my image. And you learned it at 27. As a good Catholic. It's bad. Okay, so at least you didn't learn it at 28. You know what? You're right. That's my saving grace. There it is. Got it. You, if you learn it before 30, then you learned it young enough. That's what I always say. I mean, that's got to be somewhere in the Bible. We're going to be screwed at age 30 because we're going <laughs> to not know much at all. <laughs> I don't know how to even say flan and aisles. Um, <laughs> oh, God forbid. Oh, my God. Okay, so anyway, yes. Yeah, so she birds um, <laughs> and fishermen uh, on the island protecting themselves from magical creatures with special rituals and special dialects. And many believe that those who did not follow the rules of the original inhabitants of the islands, quote, little pilgrims, which was another phrase I heard. Oh, my. Little men or little pilgrims. Same thing. Different words, apparently. Okay. 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 Um, I just liked the thought of little pilgrims. I just. I like it, too. It sounds like a. It really paints a picture. Like little women, but little pil- like a spinoff. Yeah. I was thinking more like in first grade, we had this play that anyone that went to school with me knows exactly what I'm talking about. But it was called Thank You Indians, Thank You Pilgrims. And half of the class were Indians. Half the class no! were... Well, okay, this was Virginia in the 90s. I know, so I let's know. just remember that too. I just know already how bad it was. Anyway, I was a pilgrim. Things didn't work you out for the Indians. Um, but I mean, like in this play, like everyone got along and like... Of course you shared a meal. It was all right. beautiful. Yeah, and everyone like hugged and then America became great. Something you know like the that. real truth of american history mm-hmm. that we teach on this podcast right yeah so um children are you listening anyway so i think of little pilgrims i think of like me and deirdre dress as pilgrims so anyway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so oh yeah if you didn't follow the rules of the little pilgrims you would never return to your home it also apparently... sounds like that play you did <laughs> <laughs> just so scary <laughs> i'm laughing out of fear so um some of the rules that you needed to follow included removing your hat and upper clothing, which this is not how the play went, by Whoa. the way. Okay, take it back. And turning in a clockwise direction when arriving to the shore. So you just took off your, you flashed everyone and started spinning in circles. <laughs> Sounds like Christine in Vegas. Yeah, I was going to say, this doesn't sound half bad, but okay, let's keep going. So the stories, um, whatever, whatever, like potentially could happen if you like broke these rules. The stories were scary enough for the people that worked there 
that they refused to be there after sunset and they would always leave while it was still daylight out. And by 1989, uh, ships were having such a tough time traveling in the waters nearby and they could not navigate that there ended up being several shipwrecks. And so the plan at that point was they built a 74 foot lighthouse to help um, people see. Right, right. So Elon Moore, Eileen Moore, Aline. Big Isle, Big Isle. Big I forgot Isle. that's what we're calling it. Big Isle Lighthouse was created at the li- oh so okay. In comes the lighthouse of my story. Correct. So the lighthouse was created at the tallest point on the largest island, and since 1971, that was when um, the lighthouse became automated, and oh, okay. now employees aren't actually needed there. But so since 1971, there are no permanent residents that live on the islands. But before the 70s, there was no wireless communication. And the lighthouse keepers could only make contact with others on a good day um, when the weather when the weather was was like well enough to work with. Right. Like clear with um, balls on posts next to the lighthouse using semaphore signals. Yeah. Like the double flag signs. Yeah. Oh, my God. So they had balls that would move so you could and then they would light up so you could actually like. Oh, my gosh. See the signal. Um, So that's how they had. That's what they had to do. That's crazy. Um, the lighthouse keepers that lived there would work in a rotation where there were shifts of three men at a time, and there was a fourth one who always had two weeks off, and okay. then you would switch. And in December 1900, literally not even a year after this lighthouse was built, three men who were working there, their names were James, Donald, although Donald's name is also sometimes William, apparently. <laughs> Same difference. I think like, maybe his name is like William Donald or Don- Donald William or something. Sure. So I don't know if it's donald or william but most notes said donald but then sometimes i would be doing notes and all of a sudden william would show up and i was like who the fuck is william who the fuck is william so anyway um i just stuck with donald so james was 43 donald was 40 and thomas was 28 oh and they were uh the three men that were manning the lighthouse during the story got it in 1900 so uh there was a ship called the fair wind and there was another ship called the archer and they both passed by the lighthouse on December 15th, and they noticed that the lighthouse's lamp was not shining. Oh, no. Which is, like, unheard of, especially with three, three lighthouse With three yeah. light keepers, like, yeah. all there. Um, the light should have definitely been on. Four if you count William. <laughs> sorry. Jesus. I can't. I can't stop myself. And so, anyway, that was on December 15th, and... Both ships did not see a light shining, so the captain on the Archer sent a message to headquarters, Mm. um, lighthouse headquarters, and found out later that, quote, headquarters had other pressing matters and failed to notify the lighthouse board. Oh, no. So no message got sent anywhere that, like, this light was not on. Also from the Isle of Lewis, the one that was 20 miles away but the closest island to it, one guy named Roderick, he was working from the Isle of Lewis, and his job was to check on the light, I guess, every hour or so. He was just have to make sure that the lighthouse looked from far away like it was doing well. And he also did not notice that the light was out. And th- this could have been, like, maybe there was, like, weather that, like, maybe he couldn't see the lights. Who knows? Maybe he was just like, yeah, yeah I see it. it yeah, or maybe like he was negligent. Playing solitaire. So, um... The two-week shift was going... How, like, there's a two-week shift, and then they rotate. Sure. So the two-week um, shift was going to end on December 20th. And you don't have to remember all the days. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help everyone. Because I keep... Thank God, Em. Well, I was I mean, memorizing them. 
Shut sorry, up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, okay. The two-week shift was going to end on December 20th, but bad weather showed up and delayed the fourth lightkeeper named Joseph. It kept Joseph from being able to take his shift until the 26th, so uh, for a week. Oh, wow. Basically, okay. he was supposed to get out there and he couldn't. For a whole week, he got... Okay. He got, like, an extra whole week off. Oh, that's fucking nice. Must be nice, Joseph. So Say the people who just quit their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Anyway, so December 26th, this is when Joseph is now going to finally, like, take his post. And on the ship that is taking him, the ship arrives at the lighthouse to drop off Joseph for a shift. And the lighthouse is supposed to fly, like, a relief flag to say, like, hey, we see that you're here. Um, oh, sure. And, like, let the ship know that the keepers saw them approaching, but the flag was not flying. Oh, that's not good. Captain Harvey, who was the one driving the ship, driving the fucking ship um <laughs> accelerating <laughs> anyway he was the one in charge of the ship that was taking joseph so okay joseph was like okay where's the flag and captain harvey <laughs> set off a siren blew a whistle and shot a flare into the sky to oh, get the lighthouse's no. attention and there was no response oh no so captain harvey tells joseph to go up there by himself and investigate <laughs> <laughs> he's like i did all i can do and then he reverses and no. speeds down the side no i'm oh. <laughs> using another car reference <laughs> oh <laughs> um okay he pulls a wheelie and just takes <laughs> off <laughs> okay you can hear the gas guzzling away <laughs> so um so joseph he actually goes up to the lighthouse he goes inside oh god i'm scared and realizes that the lighthouse is freezing from the inside no fire in the chimney had been lit the beds were unused oh my god and the clocks had stopped <gasps> what joseph also checks the light to the light of the lighthouse to make sure that it's actually working and it was so <gasps> it was intentionally not turned on oh no he reported that everything within the lighthouse was in quote proper order including he found the dishes and the kitchen had been entirely cleaned like all the way down to the utensils had been put away the beds uh looked like they were they looked like they were also in proper order but one was kind of messed up mm -hmm. like unmade one chair was upside down oh and a plate of meat and potatoes sat untouched on the table which is a sin to me by the way <laughs> um something is very wrong here. something if you ever go into my house and there's steak and potatoes sitting on the table not touched there's like a I'm starbucks dead. and a steak if there's a starbucks a steak and um my strange addiction is on pause <laughs> something is wrong if i'm not there emma's been abducted there's no other explanation so um my strange addiction. <laughs> our favorite show our favorite um okay so my strange addiction is steak so mm-hmm mm Anyway, there was a plate of meat and potatoes that sat untouched as if it was about to be eaten. Oh, that's creepy. Next to the chair that was upside Flipped. down. Flipped. Yeah. So Joseph runs back to shore and tells the captain that he could not find the lightkeepers anywhere. And so Captain Harvey orders a search and sends a telegraph to the mainland. And he also sends it to headquarters and says, quote, a dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. The three keepers, and then he uses their last names. Yeah. So I'm not going to say... <laughs> Just in case you're like, who the fuck are these people? Okay. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional. What? That's his last name? No, like they just fucking forgot his name. Or like he oh, wasn't no. important enough. They were just like, Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional. Is that Donald slash Williams? <laughs> no! So like, Why no are you one so knows, mean to him? No one knows his first name and no one Why cares about his so last mean name. To him? Um, Donald William. Uh, so anyway. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> So, a dreadful accident has happened at Flannan's. The three keepers, Ducat, Marshall, and the occasional... Woof. 
have disappeared from the island. On our arrival there this afternoon, no sign of life was to be seen on the island. And also, like, the place is clean and, and quote, proper order. Like, there's no blood anywhere. It doesn't look like there was totally, three like... three people? Yeah. So, three wow. volunteers on the ship offer to stay with Joseph and look around, and they found storm damage on the landing on one side. Um, they said that there were iron railings that had been twisted and completely ripped out of concrete. Mm-mm. And there was a box of mooring ropes that had vanished despite being anchored down. They also noticed that a life buoy was missing and they determined that the storm had ripped it off of the rope, even though it was 110 feet above sea level. Oh, my God. So realistically, there's no way that like the sea did that. But that's what they determined. Lamps were like oil lamps were cleaned and refilled ready for nighttime. Oh, my God. And there was also a stone weighing over a ton that had been moved 100 (gasps) feet above the island, like by itself. What? Also, two of the men's coats were missing, but one remained on the coat rack by the door. Oh. So Robert, who is the superintendent of the lighthouse, he confirmed all of this from Joseph's reports. And Captain Harvey believes that the men went missing on the 20th of December based on three things. So he thinks. And also remember on the 15th, that was when the light was already out. Two different ships report that the light was out five days before Captain Harvey thinks they went missing. Right. <clears throat> so Captain Harvey says that they went missing on the 20th of December based on the fact that the clocks had stopped at that time. Oh, shit. That's creepy. A storm took place on that date. And so, like, maybe, like, they got yeah. washed away at sea or something. The light. Oh, okay. So here's the weird part. And the lighthouse log book um, had been completed up until the date of December 15th, <laughs> which is when the lighthouse light was no longer shining so here are the log entries from the couple days before the light went out i already have chills okay so december 12th and also i want to give you guys some like so this log book is supposed to be very um basic information it's like not a personal diary like right okay it's like very professional just like just happened today yeah okay so on december 12th it says sea lashed to fury Never seen such a storm in 20 years. Everything ship shape, Ducat irritable. <laughs> so they're already like kind of gossiping about it. Sounds each other. like our podcast diary. <laughs> uh, so, M irritable. And then Christine out of wine can confirm. <laughs> so uh, it's later. It's just funny. It's, honestly, it's just funny. So, oh, also someone wrote to my Twitter and was like, just so you know, like that voice is really like annoying and I hate it. And I was like, I'm sorry. Do you think I do that? Oh, I was like, oh. do you think that voice is supposed to not be annoying? Like, I'm confused. Like, that's the fucking point. The point is that we do it at you now because you're the one being <laughs> annoying. And I mean, like, I'm person. not mad that you said that. I just think it's funny. We'll just talk so, about it later. It's just funny that you tweeted that to me and now I'm doing this. So how does it feel? It's just funny. It's just funny. It's so just, anyway. It's just funny. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> anyway, <clears throat> so, uh, okay. So, so far we've heard Ducat is irritable. Sure. That same day at noon, another entry says storm still raging, wind steady, cannot go out, ship past sounding foghorn, Ducat quiet, MacArthur crying. Oh, is MacArthur the Donalds, the occasional, the occasional. <laughs> what is the occasion? Okay. Like the, like the other like one that the, just kind of shows the, up the sometimes. One who's there. Can okay. you imagine if you're the employee one of four and like <laughs> one of you, like 
is just not important I mean, enough. as a PA, as a past PA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. So <laughs> no, he's, but, yeah. he's the PA of the lighthouse. <laughs> and I don't mean physician assistant for all of you medical No, production people. assistant. Yes. So, okay, so one's quiet, one's irritable, one's crying. December 13th. Storm continued through the night. Wind shifted west by north. Ducat quiet. MacArthur praying. Oh, MacArthur's struggling, man. He's really, like, not having a good day. Poor guy. Then, at noon on the same day, gray daylight, me, Ducat, and MacArthur all praying. <gasps> then Gray daylight? Okay. Like then, storm? Yeah. Okay. And then, December, and then December 14th, nothing. And then December 15th, storm ended, sea calm, God is over all. So then, <laughs> so those are some of, like... I mean, it's kind of basic. It's like not as juicy as I wanted it to be. I wanted some like real dirt. But I mean, that really creeps me out. The praying and then silence and then yeah. God rules all or whatever. So a lot of people think that even though this is evidence that like people have used this to figure out where they went. A lot of people think that these entries are a hoax because oh, for several reasons. Reason one, the keepers wouldn't just skip entries at their job for an entire day. So they were supposed to post every day. Yeah. Or right. Every day. Okay. And so they didn't do anything on the 14th. The second reason is there were, okay, this is the wild part. So they're like crying and praying, presumably about this storm that's just so horrible. There were no weather reports reporting storms in the area on the 12th, 13th, or 14th of December. What? So weather reports were calm and that storms that did hit the island didn't hit until December 17th after they were already missing. So they were experiencing some storm that didn't happen. What the fuck? Okay. Reason three is that the occasional MacArthur Mm. was a seasoned mariner and a tough, tough man, supposedly. So why was he crying about a storm when his literal job is he works in a lighthouse? And has probably seen a storm or two in his life. (laughs) And reason four is that this was, like I said, a professional official logbook. So the entries should have not had like any private feelings being recorded. And reason five, Ducat was Marshall's superior. And so Marshall was the one writing all of this. So, um, okay. So Marshall was writing about his boss being irritable when his boss could like, just go look was at like, that. I'm the boss of this guest. This yeah. yeah. What not guest book. What is it called? A, a log book. A log book. Okay. <laughs> I just book. bought our wedding guest um, book. So guest book lighthouse, mm, a little dirty. <laughs> I, I expect, I expect in my wedding guest book that you write like, all we are all praying we're silent blaze is crying day three we're, we're all silent god never, is over all <laughs> never seen such a storm the occasional eva <laughs> so okay and then the sixth reason is ducat was known to be a good-natured guy who never got irritable so that would be very out of character for him and if they're recording all their feelings Weird. that would have been brought up a little more so a lot of people just think it doesn't really make sense and nobody ever actually found their bodies. So oh, God. like to this day, no one's ever found their bodies. And so for a long time, people thought, okay, well, the three of them just went missing and that's that. But in 1912, 12 years after this happened, a poet named Wilfred Wilson Gibson, he wrote a poem called Flannan Isle. And this is just an excerpt. It's a long ass poem. I want you to read me the whole poem. Well, I'm not gonna. So this is just the... <laughs> Just a little, a little tidbit, and also this is separate chunks, but I'm just putting them together because it, because I'm catering Tell this to myself. Tell the story, okay? Um, okay. So here's some of this poem. You've never read me a poem before. I'm, I'm used to like Dr. Seuss style, so I don't know. Oh how... my god! 
<laughs> okay. Like, and some of it rhymes, but some of it doesn't. So it fucking throws me. Okay. Because you'd combine different pieces of the poem. Okay. Let's not talk about it. Go on. No, like I'll, I kept the same chunks. Oh, the, okay. I just, I, I thought you just took random lines and like, I actually just them. like Frankenstein'd my own poem. You actually wrote your own poem and they're just saying that it's okay. Yes, got yes. it. Got it. Got it. Um, that was my phone. Sorry. It you had, need it? No, it just fell on the ground. Um, so, oh, this Eva. Is <laughs> just the, truly What's her name? The Unforgettable? Oh, what's the, her name? Uh, the Occasional. Oh, The Unforgettable is nicer. The, the, is it? <laughs> yeah, because she's unforgettable. Oh, right. I was thinking forgettable, and I was like, Whoa. Anyway, thank you, Occasional, for my phone. Um, okay. That's <laughs> so mean. This is, the, this is the poem. Through three men dwell... Oh, nope, I already fucked up. Though, oh my god, beautiful. Oh my god. Oh, that was so romantic. I think um, I should write a poem where every other line is I already fucked up. Or, that oh, way, wait, like, oh no. You wrong. can't tell if it's part of the poem or not. Okay. <laughs> yes, I agree. Though three men dwell on Flannan Isle to keep the lamp alight as we steer under the lee, we caught no glimmer through the night. A passing ship at dawn had brought the news, and quickly we set sail to find out what strange thing might all the keepers of the deep sea light. Although we hunted high and low and hunted everywhere of the three men's fate, we found no trace of any kind in any place, but a door jar and an untouched meal and an overtoppled chair. We seemed to stand for an endless while, though still no word was said three men alive on Flannan Isle who we thought of three men dead. (gasps) So what the, it's just like it was like a long ass poem about this whole mystery that happened 12 years ago and only then after this poem was published did the story resurface as a popular mystery okay so it kind of got forgotten and then all of a sudden it was like popularized into this like eerie intrigue right 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 and um it actually became really popular in media where a section of the poem was actually quoted in a 1977 episode of doctor who really Um, there was a song written by the band Genesis called The Mystery of Flannan Isle Lighthouse. Oh. There's an opera called The Lighthouse. And there's a movie starring Gerard Butler called The Keepers. Oh. All have to do with this mystery. So here are some of the theories about what actually happened. Okay. So one of the theories is that they were still alive and well. Oh, this isn't a theory, actually. This is a fucking fact. So they were still alive and well on December 7th. Because the superintendent came to do a routine check of the lighthouse and spoke to all of them and they were totally fine and seemed to be in their right mind. Okay. So this was about a week before the light went out. Um, <clears throat> that was the last time that the mainland actually saw the lighthouse until a couple days later due to heavy mist and then not again until several weeks after they'd already disappeared. Okay. So there was a lot of time where this lighthouse was being like covered by mist. Right. The lighthouse is also monitored from the mainland, so in case of an emergency, the men can signal for help. Okay. And since the lighthouse was not actually seen until December 29th, their signal, if they even showed one, never got seen. Oh, God. The reports from the passing ships on the 15th, when both ships saw that the light was out, they both say that the light had not been lit, but the men... Basically, that means that the men must have disappeared sometime between the last logbook entry on the on the 15th where they said god is over all and the storm's done and that night when the two ships saw that the light was out so it had to happen in that time frame on that day right um which in that time of the year in that area basically the only time that it would have worked out is around 4 p.m on the 15th okay and so some think that the men simply just chose to flee the area 
Like, just what? decided just all up and leave. Like, just... Peace out? Just peaced out and just, like, they made new lives for themselves. Left their meat and potatoes? Left their meat and potatoes and their families. Um, yeah, what the fuck? Two of them were married with kids. So that's an unlikely theory. Sure. That two of them just... It's, like, logical until you really... Until you realize, like, oh, they had... Think about the... Maybe they hated their wives and kids. Implications. Right. Okay. That's a whole other theory. So um, others think that they wanted to go on a day trip somewhere and just left the lighthouse um, and wanted to come back before sunset. But that also is probably not true because they were all like decorated light keepers, if possible. <laughs> like they yeah, had, yeah, have yeah. been in like that world they for years. Yeah. And like the main rule is that there always has to be one person in the lighthouse. Oh. So all three of them. You wouldn't think that three of them would just wander off yeah for a fun adventure i mean who knows maybe i don't know but yeah i mean there's three of us right here and we wander off and do a lot of really stupid shit <laughs> we so. do we do do a lot of um, but so, shit. <laughs> uh but basically like they knew that one of them always had to be there so that's also not a likely theory some say that uh the weather was so bad that they likely hopped on a passing boat just to get away from the storm and then never came back but okay. also they would have come back unless like that's that ship also, also crashed looking for them i yeah. mean yeah unless they crashed. they should have left a message yeah something the men could have also just been kidnapped and taken hostage kidnapped. on an unknown boat oh no that's another theory that's and scary. some think that a freak rogue wave just swept the men off the island um which has the most evidence actually because of the potential since there's evidence of a potential storm because like the iron rods were like ripped out of the concrete and all that yeah. they think like okay maybe there was just like truly a wild fucking storm that like they wrote about saying they hadn't seen one like this in 20 years of experience and yeah. they're crying and praying and they're grown men and things are ripped out of concrete like maybe there was just like a freak storm but also yeah. all of the weather reports say that it was like a relatively That's calm so night. weird um <clears throat> one of the common theories is that one of the men was outside during the storm and slipped and fell <gasps> from the landing and the other two tried to rescue him oh no like knowing that you're not supposed to leave the house but out of urgency tried oh, to save no. him oh, no. and then all of them got caught up in a wave but then people also say that like that probably wasn't likely because then their bodies would have washed up sure okay but a lot of people fight that that's like the most common theory and like their evidence to back it up is that thomas the youngest one he had already previously been in trouble during another storm where really expensive equipment had got washed away because he didn't secure it properly so they think that he might have been paranoid to make sure that it was secured and went outside to check on it during the storm and then like got swept he was like yeah got swept up and he also could have been like maybe he saw that something that was secure got damaged and so he was trying to repair the damage and that would actually explain the missing more ropes because maybe he was oh um adjust like messing with them or something yeah but then that also doesn't explain why like if all three of them were out there to make sure that everything was secure why why weren't all of them wearing coats in scotland in in december or like maybe they chased after him yeah there's like there's a whole lot of oh my god you could just go on and on um one argument is that uh the bodies never washed up on the shore and they were never discovered also there was no storm worthy of that size that could have like wiped all of them away weird weird and because the bodies were never washed up, some people think that it was a triple murder and someone hid the bodies. What? And then because the place was in such proper order, maybe like went back and cleaned up after himself to make sure that like not, no blood was around and tried to like make sure all the beds were tucked in and all that. 
Some also think that it was a double murder-suicide, where two of the men were killed by the third, oh, and then shit. he killed himself. But then that theory has been debunked by saying, well, where are the bodies then? Like, sure. If it, if he was going to kill all of them, he would have just done it in the lighthouse. Weighed him down? I don't know. Oh, maybe. But then again, why would you, if you're going to commit suicide afterward, you're not trying to hide? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Several people also still fall back on the island's history of folklore and think the disappearance had something to do with the fairies or the little pilgrims. Oh, right. I forgot about those guys. Because they didn't, I, I know, bringing it back. But that, because they did not follow the rules. Apparently they were not like half naked all the time and spinning around. So oh my God, they messed up. They messed up. You're and supposed to and the rule is that you never return home. So. Oh shit. That's quite creepy actually. Genius for the little pilgrims. So you got to strip and spin around for me. Strip and spin. <laughs> so um, Chippendales. <laughs> oh, my God. Others think that um, it was not the little pilgrims or the fairies, but they could have been abducted by aliens or pos- been possessed by one of the spirits of St. Flannan and his uh, churchgoers. Okay. And while they were possessed, they could have wandered off, which explains why they thought there was a storm when weather reports say there wasn't. So maybe they could have like been hallucinating something. Oh, my God. Um, and other theories include government conspiracies, sea monsters, giant squids, and a sudden interdimensional portal opening up. That's so, most likely, I think. Truly, there's just like a whole world of I like opportunity. Sea monsters here. and giant squid are different. But uh-huh. giant squid, they think. Oh, right, because giant squid is like specifically squid. I mean, that is a subculture of the sea monster. One would think. right, but but I think the giant squid is people believe like an actual yeah. earth species, not like a yes. mo- like sub. Okay. I mean, there's there's Wowza. a whole lot of stuff going on. So uh, these stem from like the idea that like portals and aliens might have done this all stem from the weird, powerful aura that I talked about earlier that surrounds the entire island. And people like feel really weird when they get near the island. Yeah. So they're thinking like apparently the the feeling and sense of dread is so strong that people who have felt it totally believe that it could have been a ghost or an alien that took them. It's like, Whoa. that's a, in their minds, just a totally reasonable argument. Um, several people that pass by on the boats say that the feeling and the aura is still there. And they swear that their character changes when they're close to the island. Oh, God. So people will get restless and irritable. They will feel like they're going to die. They refuse to eat. Oh, sin. Um, <laughs> they black out, get dizzy, and they feel like people are staring at them all across the shore, like just lined up one by oh, one staring. Ew. Since the disappearance of the light keepers, other light keepers who worked there up until 71, they were, when they would work there, they reported cold spots, movements from the corner of their eyes, the sound of storms rolling in on clear days. It's like, it would sound like a storm Whoa, was coming in, but ew. it was totally fine. Um, strange voices whispering the names of the three men who had vanished. Oh. Several of them swear that they hear... The occasional. The occasional. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Imagine if we brought a spirit box and we just got, like, some Microsoft Sam voice. Occasional. occasional. <laughs> um, oh, I'm imagining it. And then, this is, this one's kind of, like, very ghostly, is... One of the people working in the lighthouse swears that he took his shoes off, went to bed, and then woke up and his shoes were tied. Ew! Um, they also apparently report never feeling alone and feel eyes on them through the windows, mm. so they do not like to go in the kitchen anymore, which is where the meat and potatoes was. <laughs> 
and they report that the doors will unlock themselves at night. On the 100th anniversary of the disappearance of the three men, the nearby town had a moment of silence and they held a Flannan Isle mystery swim. For Why would you do such a thing? Where the 21 miles between Flannan Isle and the Isle of Lewis, people tried to swim no. it in honor of Let's kill the more of us. Let's kill more of ourselves. So three guys, Colin, Ed, and Stuart, which to me is just like the most European names. Colin, Ed, Stuart. Okay. Um, they were all from the Isle of Lewis and they actually swam it and they swam all 21 miles. Jeez. And each of them represented one of the lighthouse keepers. And if they were able to do it, they were trying to raise money for the Royal National Lifeboat Institution, oh, which is a nice. volunteer rescue organization that helps find missing people at sea. Well, that's really nice. So that's Thanks, Colin, that. Ed, and Stuart. So that's that on that. That's that on that. I like have nothing else to no, offer that's you. Wild times, but a lot of questions. There's something crazy about I, something about lighthouse stories is so creepy to me because it's so insular and like yeah, I like mean, they're for already, lack of a better term, but they're already in like in non-scary situations, so isolated, yeah. isolated and by themselves. Yeah, it's so creepy and like they live alone, mm -hmm. and especially when there's like multiples and they're like trapped in the same place and they're like keeping a log there's something so creepy about that imagine a lighthouse like party like a wild <laughs> lighthouse party like no one's <laughs> gonna find anything i ever heard <laughs> imagine a lighthouse party i'm just thinking like in high school my friends would have done quite a number on a lighthouse uh, i guarantee it yeah. i guarantee it explore new possibilities pleasure zones and find your vibe at funlove.com Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com uh, and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper 
and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right, we are back from our bathroom break. We spend approximately 25 minutes talking about the pros and cons of Greek life. I was 100% pro. <laughs> I was 100% against, but now And then I'm Eva like, was like the happy medium. And now I'm like, maybe, maybe in a future life. Yes. Anyway, moving on. Here we go. I have a story for you. So this is a unique, special situation. And Eva knows about this, I think. She's like, no, I don't. But she does. Oh, okay. So basically... Um, we got an email uh-huh. from a woman named Kelly D from Cleveland, which uh-huh. normally I'm like, boo, Cleveland. Well, but today I love Cleveland. Okay. Because Kelly, <laughs> Kelly was like, Christine, this is for you. You must be having a really, so I got, I saw this email on the day where I was like having a mental breakdown about right. leaving my job, about like wedding planning, about the podcast, just everything was like hitting me at once. And then this email came in and it was from Kelly and she said, you must be having a really rough time with like planning your wedding and your full-time job and da da da. So just for fun, I like put together some research on this serial killer and like you take it or leave it. You can use it if you want. And I was like, Oh, that's so nice. So basically she wrote your notes for you this week. So I was like, Oh, that's nice. And I saved the email and then, um, Eva sent it to me and I was like, okay, yeah, bookmark this. And then uh, yesterday, like with all the frantic stuff about leaving, I'm like, I have to do a story. Oh, my God. I'm so stressed out. And I was like, let me just take a look at this. And I uh, looked through it and I was like, this is fascinating. And then I, I will say I did spend yesterday and today like listening to some episodes of Serial Killers, the podcast podcast and like researching it. But she literally gave me your notes, my notes. Well, thank you, Kelly D. Kelly, who wants to do that for me? I knew you would say that, and I don't mean it to be like, hey, someone did my notes for me. I know, I know, I know. I don't mean it to be that way, but it's I... It's just a cheap shot. I Well, I was just like, wow, this was very nice, but, like, thank you. Like, don't worry, I got it. And then I, like, didn't got it. And I was like, <laughs> how did you know that this week of all fucking weeks, I would just she's not... A little, she's a little guardian angel. little guardian angel, Kelly. And I, I mean, I definitely, like, reworded it and, like, did my own research, but it, a lot of times I'll go through my notes, or I'll go... Th- I'll start researching and I'll do like six people before I like settle on one. Right. So it was nice to have like a framework and then be like, great. So I have this and then I'll just like build on it. Right. So it was just really great. So thank you, Kelly, for doing that for me. It was hugely helpful. And this is not a normal thing that I do, but I wanted to say thank you. And wow, did you really, really save my ass this week? (laughs) Um, So this is the story of Charles Cullen. Okay. And, um, so Kelly herself is a nurse and Charles Cullen was a nurse. So this was, mm. so it was kind of cool because she put her own like uh, notes it. in it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really interesting. So Charles Cullen was born on February 20. And I'd never heard of him, by the way, which after you hear this will be kind of shocking. So, okay. I have not either. Which are kind of my favorites when you're like, Eva, did you know about him? Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause sometimes you hear these and you're like, how did I not know about this motherfucker? So Charles Cullen was born February 22nd, 222. Mm-hmm. 1960 in west orange new jersey and he was the youngest of eight children his father was a bus driver and unfortunately he died when charles was only seven months old so that kind of left his mother to 
raise for all eight of them right yeah exactly to like fend for eight kids and raise them by herself so charlie had what he called a pretty miserable childhood he was described as intelligent but odd which made him like a prime target for bullying Mm -hmm. um and by the age of nine at the age of nine charlie made his first of many suicide attempts oh boy by drinking chemicals from a chemistry set and he said later he just decided well i don't want to be here anymore and just mixed together a bunch of chemicals from a toy chemistry set did not work just made him very sick um but that was where everything kind of started so there was reportedly a lot of domestic abuse in their household as well his sister's husband so his one of his sisters had a husband Mm -hmm. his brother-in-law he could be quite cruel and his sister who was pregnant by the brother-in-law actually ran away but the brother-in-law stayed and he and charlie had a quote tortured relationship okay so charles later admitted that he would put lighter fluid in the brother's vodka to try and poison him when he was like nine ten. Like, some mike Mal- michael malone shit yeah so it would like try to get rid of him because he was just so cruel to him as a right. child which is just so fucked but yeah up. that's definitely a torture relationship because one of them kind of wants to go and one of them yeah wants to see him go it's really fucked up it's really twisted that's really fucked up and okay. one of them is an adult and the other is 10 years old <laughs> right and, like he's trying to poison it's really really sad so obviously that's kind of like a thing we see a lot with these guys that right. they just have terrible childhoods so surprise things don't get better at age 17 charlie's mother at when he's 17 his charlie's mother dies in a car accident and he's absolutely devastated because the only like stable person Mm -hmm. in his life that's left so he isn't able to finish high school even though he's in his senior year yeah he drops out at age 18 he joins the navy and he starts working with ballistic missiles 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 (laughs) english isn't your first language we get it it. missiles oh i need a drink i think it's because i just had a whole story called flannan isles (laughs) and they're kind of spelt the same I'm trying to say missiles. Save you. Yeah. Okay. Because so, you said missiles, or I, no, I didn't say missiles. I'm not bestie, but I said missiles. Missiles. Oh, and isles. Yeah. I'm just trying to help you. No, I appreciate it. Okay. Um, I just didn't You're say missiles, and I just want to clarify that. Um, guys, at our live shows, we play a drinking game, and Em's always like, "Oh, if Christine says English isn't my first language, I'm like, why the fuck would I say that?" And I say it like four times a show. <laughs> like it just comes up all the time. Every time she's like. I feel attacked because all the reasons people are going to drink is because of shit I do. And I'm like, okay, but you're going to do all of them. But that's the point. So there's that. That's the point. Anyway, so it's not my first language. Ballistic missile. Missiles. You nailed it. I'm going to say missile. Is it missiles? I mean, it's definitely missiles, but I guess as a German, you can say whatever you want. (laughs) Wait, what do you think it is? The Brits say some funky Guys, shit. I'm British. Missiles. I spent a lot of time with Joanna at work. Oh, maybe she. Maybe they say it. Missiles. Missiles. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Let's just say <laughs> it doesn't matter. He was bullied there too, and he showed odd behavior. So one disturbing incident, which was reported to superiors by Colin's shipmates, was when Colin was discovered sitting at the missile. God, I gotta say it again. It's okay. Just we're all gonna just <clears throat> get together. Missiles control panel of the submarine. He was wearing a hospital gown, gloves, and a mask that he had stolen. And he was just sitting there in the dark. Wow. And they walked in and the guy was like, what the fuck? The first day they were like, who are you? And he turns around with his hands up in the air. And 
They're like, what are you doing here? And he's wearing a hospital mask, gloves, and a gown. And they were like... I would truly just be like, oh, today, this is how... I always wondered how i die. Here's the answer. I will jump off the ship right now. <laughs> and that'll be the end. I'd be like, I think I'm just going to die from passing out or in that. fear Correct. of this yes. exact moment. Yeah. It was like, really? So the guy was like, so taken aback and was like, what are you doing? I questioned him. And he was like, uh, he had no answer. They sent him back to his bunk just an example of like how weird he was apparently he would like make faces at people on the ship and he would like um talk about death all the time and they were like this okay, guy's weird. you just described two things that i do <laughs> make faces and talk about death <laughs> yeah yeah god renee's probably like get out of here faster like, she's <laughs> like oh god am i supposed to be telling someone <laughs> so um this is really so unfortunately over his like six ish year navy career he attempted suicide seven times <gasps> yeah oh no and uh was medically discharged in 1984 at the age of 24 but it's not clear what he was discharged for wait so he's he's 24 and has tried to end his life 20 times because mm -hmm. 17 and then like no seven times se i was thinking 17 okay seven and then once when he was a kid so okay. eight still times. like almost 10 oh, times by 20 eight times That's still a lot. It's, it's a lot it's a lot yeah okay it's a lot it's a lot yes it's very upsetting so shortly after leaving the navy which it wasn't clear why he was discharged they never really clarified whether it was psychological medical they, i think they said medical reasons but they didn't clarify whether it was psychological um so shortly after leaving the navy Cullen starts nursing school at the Mountainside Hospital School of Nursing in Montclair, New Jersey. So at age 27, he graduates. He is the president of his class. Wow. Yeah. Um, his first job out of school is at the burn unit of St. Barnabas Medical Center in Livingston, New Jersey. And at this point, he's 28 years old. And he meets uh, computer programmer Adrian, Adrian Taub. Okay. And I just think it's pretty badass that in the 80s there was like a computer programmer lady. Oh, yeah. Involved. Let's go feminism. A like, thousand percent. Yeah. I'm just so on board with okay. that. Okay. She's a good person, right? We can all root for her? Yeah, we love Adrian. Okay, good. But we don't like that he's 28 and a little Looney Tunes and working in a burn unit, right? We don't like that. Okay. And we won't like it in the future. Okay. But Adrian Taub is a badass computer programmer. She's, a, she's pretty great. So they eventually have two daughters together, and apparently the year that they married, he is just, like, on his game. Like, he is charming. He's funny. He's hilarious. Like, his classmates literally vote him class president. Like, he's just killing the game. And I was listening to the Serial Killers podcast on podcast, and they were, um, they were saying, like, well, yeah, like, sociopaths are really able to just adopt, like, the mannerisms and jokes and facial expressions and they can just charm the hell out of people because they know exactly what people are looking for is that why you were talking to me about yes <laughs> <laughs> during what you what you hear were as ads it was actually 25 <laughs> minutes of christine talking about sorority girls with me and it stemmed from my it's just funny voice and christine was like you know how like some people who you know they can like they can mimic facial expressions and like they're really charming i was like this came out of Basically, she was trying to figure out how I how I perfected well, the voice. Okay, to be fair, Emma was like, "Oh, I spent so much time around these people, I was able to mimic them." And I was like, "Oh, it's like how sociopaths can mimic facial features and, and basically, yeah." I mean, it really is like they can like take it as like a third party observer and like throw it back at you and like utilize it. And yeah. I'm not obviously not saying you're a psychopath. Obviously, I, I just do it. I just you're too much of a Gemini to be a psychopath. I just I wait, I have my own astrological issues, but I <laughs> don't we all. But um, no, I think if I were to utilize my skill in one specific way, it would be 
the behavior of a drunk girl in a bathroom right <laughs> at a sorority party right right anyway which is the opposite of all that you are which is hilarious to me which is why it's hilarious so funny. Or funny it's just funny oh god all right moving on i guess or whatever it's fine <laughs> no it's fine i was done so we're fine i mean guys <laughs> stop tweeting it you don't like it because it's you're wrong if you don't like it it just gives me a reason to do it more so that's exactly correct sorry i guess love you mean it <laughs> someone tweeted love you mean it at us recently and i was like oh wow it's like oh i say it too much i didn't even realize this was said on the podcast i just hear em say it to me all the i time. just say i tell christine all the time love your hair hate your guts that's a good one <laughs> that should be a slogan someone put that on a shirt okay go do it okay go have you done it it's okay. so good okay. okay while you do that we're gonna tell you a story now okay but adrian taub computer programmer pretty ba- pretty baller for the 80s yeah we in love my her. in my opinion so, uh, Colin's first confirmed murder took place on June 11th, 1988, uh, while working as a nurse in the burn unit, the St. Barnabas burn unit that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. His victim was John Yango Sr., a former municipal court judge known for giving convicted criminals tough sentences. Mm-hmm. So, Colin killed Yango, who was 72 at the time, uh, by injecting him with a lethal, illegal, with a lethal dose of insulin mm. and Yango was being treated for allergies. <gasps> oh, no. I also saw on a different source, I don't know which is true, that he was being treated for a severe sunburn. Burn I mean, unit, which makes more sense. Burn unit. So I don't know. Sure, or an allergy to the sun. Right. I guess I it mean, could be either, truly. But but it was something not life-threatening. Right, right, right. Um, and he that was his first confirmed kill. Kill. Um, he later admitted to killing several other patients at St. Barnabas, including an AIDS patient who died after being given an overdose of insulin. <gasps> Cullen left St. Barnabas in January of 92 when hospital authorities began investigating who had contaminated IV bags. Oh, no. The investigation determined that Cullen was most likely responsible, resulting in dozens of patient deaths at the hospital. So now we got a nurse note, which Kelly is just such a... I love the nurse She's note. Just I like that. The best. She you goes, know, I love a good alliteration as well. So nurse note just yeah, nails it. Correct. I was like, is there a fun name? Oh, no. She gave us a fun name. Uh, Asterisk. Nur- nurse note. So most bags of fluids are kept in a medicine room, basically unprotected from interference. If someone like Colin wanted to, it would be pretty easy to inject any clear drug into a bag of fluids without any sign of someone messing with it. <gasps> so he would put insulin or heart medications into fluids and leave them there for an unsuspecting nurse to pick up and hang on her patient. Later, oh, so he was just killing at random. Her patient starts to have crazy low blood sugars for no reason or their heart goes crazy. No one can figure out why, but Colin was the first one in the room to run the code. But so the bags would have like the patient name or whatever. So he could just oh. go in and just like pick who he wanted to gotcha. insert fluids. Yeah. So that was really interesting to me because I wouldn't have known that. Crazy. Yeah. Nurse note. End of nurse note. So after leaving St. Barnabas, Colin takes a job at Warren Hospital in Phillipsburg where he murders three elderly women by giving them overdoses of the heart medication digoxin. Okay. I had to YouTube that one. Okay, you can say digoxin, but you can't say fucking missiles. Missiles. Sounds right. It does sound right. Because <laughs> it is right. <laughs> I like how Eva tried to be so nice of being like, yeah, that's the British way is missiles. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's I'm why we like, have Eva. Oh, that means I was wrong. Sometimes okay. I'm a little harsh, and that's why we have Eva, because she's the, uh, the sugar coater. <laughs> no. She's the occasional sugar coater. <laughs> 
Missiles. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, Dejoxin, by the way. <laughs> Dejoxin. So, <laughs> God damn it. So his final victim, this is actually really, 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 really fucked up. So his final victim of these three women um, said that a, quote, sneaky male nurse, end quote, had injected her as she slept. <gasps> but family members and healthcare providers at the hospital dismissed her comments as unfounded. Oh, my God. And she died. Oh, my gosh. They just said it didn't make any sense. If I were like a relative of hers, yeah. I would how tragic livid. How tragic is that? You know what's weird though? I had a uh, a great uncle, my grandpa who passed away that follows me everywhere that yeah. everyone's aware of, hopefully. Nope. Okay. Um now you are. Now you are. The the ghost that I saw when I was seven that I consider on someone the, who sees on the me bed. all the time. Yeah. yeah. So his older brother. Apparently, and I'm gonna butcher this, I need to ask my mom about this, but he was in and out of hospitals a lot while I was growing up. And every time he got, no matter what hospital it was, he would swear that there was like some male nurse trying to attack him. What? And, and they don't know if like, it was like the medicine. They they always just assume like, oh, he's just like, right. you know, on medicine hallucinating. But even before they put, like, apparently he would remember it when he wasn't medicated. He'd be like, someone's trying to attack me. And he would say it every time he went to a hospital. And I don't know if that was ever true or not, but he just swore by it and was always terrified of this guy that... Oh, my God. Anyway, I don't know. That It reminded me of it's that. It's very spooky. As I'm saying it out loud, it really just... It holds no relevance, but... No, I, but... I don't know But, it, but it does, it because it's like, oh, well, that was probably just him being Yeah, but it makes me think medication. I'm like, maybe he was right. Or maybe but he... you never know. Yeah. Maybe it was the Grim Reaper. Who, who knows? Ooh, dressed Listen, as a nurse. It could be either of our stories. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Playing relevance. Anyway. But yeah, so who knows? But she said that and they were like, oh, no, you're just delusional or whatever. Um, and, you know, she was older, so they were able to just play it off as like, oh, she just doesn't know. Isn't that fun that we don't take old people seriously? No, of course. Even though is. they have the most wisdom. Super fun. Super great. Super fun. So around this time, Cullen's wife, Adrian, mm -hmm. um, serves him with divorce papers and he moves into a basement apartment. So Adrian files for divorce on the grounds of, quote, extreme cruelty. Okay. The divorce and domestic violence documents described Cullen as an alcoholic who treated their two dogs extremely cruelly. Some, I don't like that. Nope. It's not good. Sometimes even stuffing them into bowling bags and <gasps> trash cans. Oh. They had two little Yorkies. Oh, they're so tiny. And uh, PETA actually, no, not PETA, SPCA actually came and took one because he left it outside in the middle of winter <gasps> in New Jersey. And it was like in horrible conditions. And the SPCA came and took it because it and was. And they didn't take the other one or they didn't know? No, the other one was not outside. Like he just stranded one outside and it came. they came and took the one. Oh, my God. And that then, poor other one that stayed and got double the. Well, and then. Uh, adrian got the other one back because she's like no we won't hurt it and it just was oh, not good that yorkie had five minutes of safety well yeah and i think after i think that was like the straw and then she divorced him and gotcha. took the dogs and the kids so i think they gotcha. were fine after that oh, okay um but he also hurt the neighbor's dog which mm. you usually hear about kids doing that right. who are sociopath have sociopathic tendencies but even as an adult before they had before he and his wife had dogs he was he killed the neighbor's dog by poisoning it mm. and just left it it was not good it was not good so she filed for divorce on the grounds of extreme cruelty um and then after the breakdown of his marriage colin became obsessed with one of his f oh wait hold on i missed something interesting so A nurse note? 
Not a nurse note. There's another one coming up, but not a nurse note. So um, according to the divorce paperwork, Adrian also said that Charles would pour lighter fluid into other people's drinks for fun. <gasps> oh, so just like how it happened to him. Mm-hmm. No, uh, he did that to his older brother. Oh, right, right, right. To the brother-in-law. Yeah. I see, I see. So he would, like, continually, like, pour poisonous stuff into people's drinks. Um, He would prank call funeral homes Mm. for fun. And he would, like, cut out faces in in photos. Like, that was, like, his hobby. It was just creepy stuff. Also, now, sidebar, I'm realizing that I thought earlier that the brother-in-law was feeding him chemicals oh no and he wanted and he wanted to end his life so he was like happily doing it oh no 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 that's why i thought like oh tortured relationship and like one wants to go and one wants the other one to go oh no no so he was poisoning the brother-in-law got it okay so he's just been doing this his whole life yes the kid was just trying to kill everyone i see the whole time yes so he yeah so he was still doing the same thing of putting like lighter fluid in people's drinks great there's actually a i was listening to that podcast and he actually would put so, you know, I said he was bullied in high school. He went to, like, a party. I don't know if it was a reunion party or what, or maybe in high school. And he brought a bunch of rat poison and, like, poured it in a bunch of people's drinks. Oh, my God. And nobody died, but it was, like, his retribution, and he got a bunch of people sick. And that was before he ever murdered anybody. So oh it was God. kind of like a, like... The he, beginning. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so... Anyway, moving on. After the breakdown of his marriage, Colin becomes obsessed with one of his fellow nurses at Warren Hospital, and her name is Michelle Tomlinson. According to a police report, Tomlinson said Colin called her repeatedly despite her request for him to stop. He also followed her around at the hospital. He attempted to give her an engagement ring, Mm -hmm. was like buying her expensive gifts, and she was like, dude, I'm not interested, and he wouldn't give it up. Uh, In March of 1993... He broke into Michelle's home while she and her young son were sleeping. Oh, boy. But he just kind of wandered around and then left before they woke up. He then began stalking her and, like, truly would not leave her alone. She eventually filed a police report against him. And he pleaded guilty to trespassing and received one year of probation. Okay. The, The day after his arrest, he attempted suicide again. Okay. Unsuccessfully. After that, Cullen started working at a number of different hospitals mm-hmm. and would leave basically any time management would get suspicious of his actions. Got it. So he later, okay, January and September of 1996, mm-hmm. January through September, he admitted to murdering five patients between that period of time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. With overdoses of digoxin. Mm-hmm. On December 30th, 1998, he murdered yet another patient, March 1999 murdered another patient attempted to murder another between 99 and 2002 he murdered at least five and is known to have attempted to kill two more oh my gosh between 02 and 03 he killed at least eight patients attempted to kill at least one using digoxin insulin and epinephrine oh wow and then even with this history of mental instability the number of deaths during his employment at various hospitals he continued to find work because at the time, there was a national shortage of nurses. Oh, so they and were, like, desperate. Desperate. Desperate for nurses. And at the same time, you know, we're in, the, like, the 90s, early mm-hmm. 2000s. They didn't have a mechanism for identifying nurses with, like, specific problems right. or, you know, what have you. Um, so they didn't have any way of reporting his mental health or employment problems. So his cycle of, like, suicide attempts and murders just continued. 
throughout the years. He would also cross state lines, so any suspicion that might have existed at one place would be erased if he crossed the state line and went somewhere else. They just didn't have any sort of access to his past records. So in 1998, Cullen worked at a nursing home for about eight months, and he was fired after he went into the room of one elderly woman with five syringes in his hand. (gasps) And then when they went in to see her, so he left then with no syringes. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when they went in, she had a broken arm (gasps) and she had not been injected, but her arm was broken. And they were like, we don't know what the fuck happened, but you're fired. So they fire him, but they don't report it. They just fire him. Okay. Right. So again, he's just able to move on and find a job elsewhere. And again, there's this nurse shortage. So he's just able to like walk in anywhere and get a job. Yeah. And um, here is the nurse note. Number two. Okay. Uh, from Kelly, Yay. which I thought was really interesting. So she says, I'm not sure how most jobs give recommendations, but hospitals usually just confirm the dates that you worked at the establishment and they won't pass on any other info to the new job. That's so scary. Like dot, dot, dot. I don't know. Dot, dot, dot. He was asked to leave because we knew he was killing patients. <laughs> but truly like, so they would be like, oh yes, we confirm he was working here from January to November. Oh my gosh. But it, but it wasn't like a. But if he's like Give assaulting you or assaulting why was he fired? Or, exactly. And I was listening to that other podcast and they were basically saying like there was such an issue with like libel or slander, like a hospital was just desperate to keep itself safe and like didn't want to get sued. And if they made an accusation against a nurse and they didn't have evidence, they could be sued for libel or slander and that could just destroy the whole hospital. So they were like so paranoid about not making accusations that couldn't be founded. Mm-hmm. So they would just like basically shuffle him along from hospital to hospital um even if they fired him they were like someone else take him and they wouldn't Jeez. put any report out there there's no yelp for the no for nurses. no exactly at least without any sort of consequence mm-hmm. so kelly also added this note that i didn't see online actually that i thought was really interesting um she said he had some other really creepy behavior he would give super long bed baths to patients so like he would like basically like sponge baths or whatever in bed which is like the thing you should do the quickest by the way yeah like just not super long nobody wants that good and he would put vaseline all over them oh and then staff could tell who was cullen's patient because they looked like quote greased pigs (gasps) which just grosses me no fuck out yeah so there's that so Cullen's last job was his deadliest, unfortunately. He started working at Somerset Medical Center in New Jersey in September of 02. He killed at least 13 patients <gasps> and attempted to murder two others. Oh, no. Yeah. One of the patients murdered by Cullen was the Reverend Florian Gall, who was 68 years old and had been admitted to the hospital with heart disease and other medical problems. Aww. He was very ill, but he was making a good recovery. Um, doctors prescribed digoxin, digoxin to calm his rapid heartbeat, um, which was like a normal use of the drug. Uh, and then a blood test after his last dose of the drug showed normal levels. So he actually was starting to come out of his coma and was starting, he was like on the mend basically. But on June 27th of 2003, Cullen took a dosage of digoxin from a medicine, from a medicine cart slipped into Father Gall's room and injected him with the drug. So they did new blood tests and they showed that Father Gall's digoxin levels were almost five times the normal and safe level. Oh, baby. 
So there was panic, obviously, at the hospital. They tried to save his life with an antidote, um, but unfortunately, they couldn't save him, and he passed away, even though he was, like, fully on the mend. Yeah, totally on his way. So Father Gall's family and parishioners were shocked by the death, but assumed that, like, you know, he was older, like, something must have just happened, and he wasn't able to make it. However, this is the death that set Cullen's downfall into motion because computerized records later showed hospital administrators that Cullen had taken the drug out himself um, and had also checked uh, Father Gall's medical records and his status, even though Father Gall was not one of his patients. So they started Mm. to finally put together like, well, he was the one who checked out this medication and he was the one checking his hospital records, even though this guy wasn't his patient. Uh, in Cullen's final months at the hospital, coworkers reported seeing him in rooms he was not meant to be in. The hospital computer showed that he was accessing records of patients that he was not assigned to, and he was requesting medications for patients that had not been prescribed. And the New Jersey Poison Information and Education System actually alerted the hospital that a recent pattern of drug overdose deaths at the hospital could possibly be the work of of an employee killing patients. So the new church, like the state poison center was oh like, Hmm, just so you know, like this so like, is usually this a sign is not good. Yeah. There's a sign that maybe one of your employees is murdering patients. And how come I know you probably answered this and either I like blacked out or something, but how come like, so this was just the first hospital that just like decided to take it seriously. No. So they still haven't taken it seriously. Okay. They've noticed this. But, like, every hospital so far has noticed yes. it and then just, like, kind of, like, kicked them away. Yeah, there's uh, issues of legal stuff, like um, libel, slander. There's issues right. of they can't prove it. There's issues of we need nurses. So there's okay. It, there's just a lot of things. And it was, you know, the anywhere from when did this start, like, the 70s into the 90s, it was just, like, got it arbitrary. There's also issues of, like, well, it can't be proven because it's not computerized yet. Got it. And okay, then okay. finally it's now, like people are noticing because it's patterned in the computer system and got it so finally at this point the new jersey poison information education system is like hey something's up so they contact them and are like something's going on here but to cover their own asses going into your story or into your question the hospital delays contacting authorities until october of 2003 so many months later during which cullen kills five more patients Oh, my God. How are these hospitals? I hope these are not functioning hospitals anymore. And anyone on any board of any of these hospitals is in jail. I don't know. No, they're not. They're definitely not. Oh, my gosh. So Cullen has a best friend at work. Uh, It's another nurse. Her name's Amy Lochran. And she agreed to start working with police at this point because they were, like, questioning people he worked with. And were like, we need help pinning him down. Mm -hmm. So she takes him out to eat at their favorite restaurant. She's wearing a wire. And she starts asking him, like, oh, well, what do you... Like, she basically presented it as, oh, they're pinning me for it. And, like, tried to play along. And she later said, like, I still feel guilty for lying to him about that. And I'm like... Oh, my gosh. Weird. Yeah, but... I guess because he was so charming, maybe? And they were best friends. It's, like, very weird. True. Yeah. But so he confesses to her. And um, the police show up at the restaurant that they're eating at and arrest him on December 12th of 2003. And... Just side note, at the time, another nurse he was working with was pregnant with his child at this point. <gasps> oh, Don't no. know who that was. That is the dirt Juicy. I came for. Juicy. Yeah. Also, at one of these hospitals, he was 
also having an affair with a woman who was married so <gasps> it's just like trolling around like causing oh my trouble left and fucking right so on march 2000 march 2nd 2006 colin is sentenced to 18 consecutive life sentences in new jersey thank god and is not eligible for parole until the year 2403 2403 <laughs> i've never even heard well, that you're well i'll be dead by then every the world will be dead by then but yeah uh, yeah uh-huh oh my, i've truly never even heard of that yep. i recently thought i was like one day someone's gonna say like oh i'm from the year nine thousand. yeah and i was like I think about that all the fucking time. It's like, how do you even wrap your head around that? For someone who just bathes themselves in time travel theories 24-7, I'm surprised it it never (laughs) hit me. But like, I just thought it recently and I was like, oh my God, that just sounds so weird. Yeah, it does. It does. Anyway. So this is very, just to give kind of a perspective, his youngest known victim was murdered at Somerset in May 2003. He was 21 years old. His name was Michael Strenko, and he was a star athlete, but he had a blood disorder. He was in the hospital for a spleen transplant, which was, it was a serious procedure, but it was also, like, not out of the ordinary. He was expected to make a full recovery. He was only 21 years old, and uh, Cullen injected him with, um, I think it was digoxin, and Mm -hmm. murdered him. Jeez. So Michael's father, Thomas Trenko, was one of the many loved ones of Colin's victims who spoke at his sentencing hearing on March 2nd, 2006. And he said, quote, for someone to be able to hop from hospital to hospital with these problems for over 15 years defies trust. We are outraged that no one stopped Charles Cullen from murdering my son. And on March 10th, Cullen was brought into the courtroom of Lehigh County President Judge William H. Platt for his sentencing hearing. And for whatever reason, Cullen, who was upset with the judge, just kept repeating over and over and over and over again, quote, your honor, you need to step down. And he said it over and over and over again for 30 minutes until Platt had Cullen gagged with cloth and duct tape. What? This is 2003. He had somebody come and duct tape cloth into his mouth to shut him up because he would not stop saying it. And then after being gagged, he continued to try to say through the cloth, your honor, you need to step down. And someone said it was like a horrific row, row, row your boat, like just over and over and over again. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, So after this hearing, Platt gave him an additional six life life sentences for his behavior. So as part of his plea agreement, Colin had been working with law enforcement to identify additional victims. So they didn't give him um, the death penalty because they were like, well, we can get more information out of him and get like um, more information about his victims. So in 2006, Colin's attorney said that Colin wanted to, quote, atone for his sins by donating his kidney to the brother of one of his ex-girlfriends. Oh, that'll do it. Yep. And he said, well, this is my way of paying for my paying for what i've done and they were like okay but in order to get the donation approved cullen refused to cooperate with investigators or appear at legal hearings until they let him donate his kidney because they were like uh no you can't just donate your kidney yeah be quiet just show up with it in a box and be like i'm ready here you go right (laughs) but he refused to cooperate and they really needed him to like give his testimony about all these people he had murdered so finally, in August 2006, he was permitted to proceed with the, the kidney donation, and it saved this guy's life. So Cullen said, quote, I was just trying to help somebody who was going to die without a kidney. <laughs> and then his lawyer said, 
I know there's a certain amount of irony involved here. (laughs) His own lawyer. Um, Okay, so anyway, the aftermath. So Cullen said he administrated... So his claim was that he gave overdoses to patients in order to spare them from being uh, coded. So Mm -hmm. as in like cardiac or respiratory arrest. Uh, He told detectives that he could not bear witness or hear about attempts at saving a victim's life. Like he just couldn't handle the thought of trying to rescue a victim and he oh wanted to like end it. It was just, just so beyond fucked up. He also said that he gave patients overdoses so that he could end their suffering and prevent hospital personnel from dehumanizing them, even though a lot of his victims weren't terminal yeah, and were like on the mend or were like 21 and were going through like typical procedures. Like there was no reason that he needed to fucking end their suffering. Um, it was just an excuse, basically. Oh, my God. To, like, validate it. So, blah, 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 blah. So, Cullen told investigators that although he often observed patients suffering for several days, the decision to commit each murder was performed impulsively. Okay. And he said that he lived most of his life in a fog and that he usually blacked out murdering his victims. Oh, my God. So, remember when I mentioned that he murdered, like, three elderly women with digoxin? Yeah. So the first woman that he murdered, um, she was 90 years old and his family like, or her family like had grieved and everything. And then they later found out that her death was not natural and that he had actually caused it. And one of the um, family members basically said, uh, quote, I had closure, but this opens everything back up. It (sighs) makes it seem as though she died yesterday. Uh, that was her grandson. So it was very like... I get that, though. I mean, I don't... I truly have not lived that, so I can't sure. totally get it. But, like, if something happened sense. to someone I cared about, and then all of a sudden I found out, like, it, someone was it in control of that, yeah. then I'd be like, oh, my God, like, now I'm thinking... Yeah. Because okay. you come to terms with, like, oh, it was her time to go, whatever. And yeah. then it's like, oh, wait, no, somebody... Just decided... Forced that. That the person I loved could just stop being And she could have alive. had five, ten more years with us, whatever. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's really, really sad. Um, so Cullen confessed to authorities that he killed up to 40 patients during the course of his 16 year career as a nurse in New Jersey. However, in subsequent interviews with police, psychiatrists and journalists, it became apparent that he had killed many more um, whom he could not specifically remember by name, though he could often remember details of their murders. Experts have estimated that Cullen may ultimately be responsible for 400 deaths. <gasps> which would make him the most prolific serial killer in recorded history. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the fact that that's not so much more popular of a story, not popular in a good way, but, like, well-known, like, that is just so creepy that a story like that is just under our radar at all times. Because when Kelly sent this, she's like, oh, one of the most prolific serial killers in our history. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've never heard of this person. Um, so prompted by the Cullen case, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and 35 other states adopted new laws which encourage employers to give honest appraisals of workers' job performance and which give employers legal protections when they provide a truthful, like an honest employee appraisal. So mm-hmm. if they say something happened, they can't be sued for slander libel. Right. Okay. Uh 60 Minutes interviewed Cullen in 2013, and that was the first time the show had ever interviewed a serial killer. And during the interview, Cullen said he was sorry for his crimes, but then he added, quote, like I said, I don't know if I would ever have stopped. <sighs> and that is the story of Ed. Nope, not Edward Cullen. Edward, that, Edward Cullen. Cullen's from Twilight. 
This story, Fuck the, me. It's just the nurse notes were actually written by Stephanie Meyer. Oh my god, no! I regret everything. The story of Charles Cullen. Don't. You literally had two words left. Twilight. And... Twilight's gonna sue me. God damn it! <laughs> I was really okay. We're done. Anyway, everyone, that was all of the Cullens. <gasps> some vampire, some not. There's got to be a Charles Cullens. Pretty yeah. Who's a serial killer? Oh my god! I mean, <laughs> vampires are serial killers in their own right. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Anyway, isn't that a wild story? Uh, yeah, that's bananas. I can't believe I didn't know that. That's what blew my mind. True. I have a Scorpio scope. <gasps> itty bitty and now I can't find it. Hold on, sweet babu oh, Here it is. Boy. Okay. So, oh, by the way, today's my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, Renata! Happy birthday, Renata! She's in Germany. She, I mean, she's asleep now. But they, she and Alexander and Allie are in Germany, and they're at a beer garden, and they're having a great fucking time. Great. And I'm jealous. Good for them. But it's fine. So happy birthday, Renata. Here's Gio's uh, Scorpio scope. Okay. Anyone who starts something with you at any time obviously doesn't know you very well. Mm. Ain't that the truth? If they did, they'd have some respect for your ability to, at the very least, intimidate someone so that they end up looking over their shoulder for many many moons oh he's so scary <laughs> oh he's so handsome <laughs> like how they say for many many moons many <laughs> like i like to think if geo could could use his like had vocal cords and could speak human english i i hope he would curse people with many moons. it would be this weird la granola like talk <laughs> like yes it's many moons from now oh my God. Like, i'm not gonna talk to you for many moons you'll know when i'll know when the stars will know when my crystal Thank will you. light up and you will know <laughs> Um, I'll contact you via pendulum. Thank you. <laughs> See you at the farmer's market. Maybe. 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 At the moment, though, in the mood you're obviously in, should someone refuse to back off given the warning signs? Well, let's just say they deserve what they get. That is the most Scorpio it fucking is! horoscope I've ever it heard in my is, life. isn't it? Oh, What the fuck? People wonder why I don't like Scorpios. And it's because they are scary. If that's the stuff that's coming out of them astrologically, no. My favorite <laughs> is when Scorpios tweet us. They're like, they're like but why? Do, they're I'm, like, I'm, I'm a good e- Scorpio. You'll like me. <laughs> they're, well, my favorite is when they're like, yeah, LOL. I'm a Scorpio. I'm just as horrible as you say I am. LOL. But love me anyway. And I'm like. So you recognize your own crazy self. It's like, okay, at least the Scorpios can like look in a mirror better than other people. Yes, they have self-reflection. Just kidding. I never hated Scorpios. Em was the one who taught me to do that. I hate one specific Scorpio. I love one specific Scorpio as well. And the rest, I guess, are... are, They're fine. They're jumbled. They're the occasional. I'm seeing if this one's any good. These are just so funny because like to picture from Geo's... I mean, obviously that's the point of this, but... I just imagine Geo could like... How, like, a bitchy seventh grader will flip her hair. He, like, flips his butt curtain. Totally. He's like, many moons. Many, many moons. See you then. Oh, (laughs) my God. Um, Okay, I think that's good for for today. Well, Uh, also, today is um, my three-year anniversary of moving to L.A. Oh, shit! And so... That being said, I cannot believe how much we've accomplished in three years. August 16th is your anniversary? Uh, within this week, I was currently road tripping with my mom across the country oh. to get here right before the program started for the L.A. When did that start? Because Blaze and I were also road tripping. It might be. It was August 20 something. I got here August 22nd because 22. 
Oh. So, but we were in the middle of, we were probably in the middle of the country right about now. I think we were in Texas. Blaze and I were somewhere too. Look how time. But three years ago, we weren't even friends. We weren't even in LA. No. We literally, and we had, we. Evo is just a twinkle in our eye. Oh, and so was baby G. Gio is literally a twinkle in my Gio eye. Gio and Eva make Jiva, and Jiva was a twinkle. <laughs> Two twinkles in our eyes. Gio was me driving with Blaze and going, maybe I'll have a dog next year. And he was like, please, no. Please don't. Don't do that. Please don't. No. And then I did it anyway. Oh, baby Good times. G. But so much has happened. So much so has happened. Happy three-year anniversary. And now we happy. are. And now our, our job titles are producers. I guess. Podcast producers. Is that what we say now? Eva, what do we say? Eva, what do we say? I think you say we're business owners, right? Oh, God. Oh, company owners. owners. Oh, my, my dad would be so proud. Truly, my mother thought this was never going to happen after I turned down the idea of <laughs> lawyer and doctor. <laughs> she was like, I guess you'll never own your own company. Well, look at me now. Look at Mama me now. Mama 26. Suck it. Oh. We got our trademark application today, and it had like a gold seal on it, and we were just like, Look at the gold seal. We got multiple gold seals in the mail so today. So professional. Anyway. What else had a gold seal? Eva's champagne that she brought had a gold seal. This okay, guys, go listen back to our zipper cutter ad and this is a reason a million. No, because they're gonna steal the best. They're gonna try to steal her. They can't they could not. Shh, don't don't let them do that. Oh, okay never mind we'll talk about never her. mind never mind listen eva sucks don't hire her <laughs> actually like we talk her up a lot when she's around but we really don't like her we really don't like her she doesn't bring you gold seal champagne anywhere <laughs> it's all a big lie and geo doesn't bring you snuggles so forget no, it oh god no everyone's gonna be taking from us oh no anyway um good way to end this not weird at all um <laughs> You can find us at, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at ATWWD Podcast. Please donate. Please, please, please. Especially since now we're unemployed. Whoa. Um, no. We're business owners, baby. No, truly because you guys donate. We're, we can like afford planes to visit you and do live shows and all these great things now. So seriously, please help and donate. And it's doing much more than you think. And you Eva's can also doing the hug thing emoji. Eva's again. super excited about your donations. Thank um, you. You can also find our website and that's why we drink.com. You can find our merch store and that's why we drink dot big cartel.com. Um, you can also mail us uh, fun gifts Goodies. because we are doing monthly fan mail videos for you guys. And that address is 1920 Hillhurst Avenue, number 265 los angeles nine zero zero two seven correct and please send us good things we'll open them on video and then if you are a patreon donation i don't know if you are a donation if you are one donation enter our bank account <laughs> you can uh you'll watch us open it up and get super excited and we just really like presents and also if you do send something and you're not on patreon and you have sent us something let us like email us and we'll send you the link to watch um also uh please come to our facebook live uh next yeah, sunday the 26th 26 3 p.m pacific standard time mm -hmm. yeah. if you're a if you're involved with patreon yes and we're gonna yeah yeah that, that's all oh my never mind and last thing please 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 if you are in the southern california area please come to our hollywood improv show september 23rd it's a sunday but it's gonna be worth it i think our vip tickets are already selling out so hurry up truly please it's I'm 
somehow getting more comfortable on stage and if you want to see me not looking like a medicated blackout just the mess, fact that i just heard that is mind-blowing so well, guys get on truly it. I'm, I'm on the seesaw i'm right in the middle so okay if you right, want to I'll see it, it potential, if you want to see a potential disaster you do september 23rd hollywood improv you do that's it on my end that's it on my end too guys thank you so much for everything um we love you and we'll be back next week and that's why we drink beep <laughs>